Welcome to the Word from the Ancient Path, stories and sermons for the journey. It's a channel of blessing and encouragement for beloved friends all over the world to hear and experience how God speaks and works through ordinary people with an extraordinary calling. We bring you stories of good news, connecting in Christ and building the kingdom, and the Word of God declared through the pastors and missionaries of Ancient Path Ministries, La Iglesia Volviendo a la Senda Antigua. Beloved listeners and friends, I am your guide, Pastor Kevin Job, and I am very happy to be with you. Our ministry was founded in 2011 by Pastors Jose Santiago and Yami Cruz in Jovianos, Cuba. And my wife, Tani, and I serve as directors and chief connection makers for the U.S. branch of the ministry. Together, we have a great team of pastors, missionaries, advisors, and kingdom servants who are dedicated to planting churches and spreading the reach of the gospel. We pray that you are blessed and inspired by these sermons, reflections, and our testimony of what God has done and is doing in and through us. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I am Pastor Kevin Job. Today we start with a question, what's in a name? Now that's a good question. For most of my life, the meaning of my name was pretty cloudy to me. I was born on St. Patrick's Day and they named me Kevin Patrick. So you might think there was some Irish background in my family. Nah, none. Kevin, because I like it, and Patrick, because my dad was Patrick, and not because of the saint on whose day I was born. And honestly, I never thought too much about the ethnic heritage of my last name, though. Some time ago, I did just a tiny, quick little bit of research and discovered that our German, Dutch, Quaker, Job family had this final letter E that came and went across the generations. And that was kind of interesting, but I never really went any deeper. Until one day we moved into an area where the high school has students from 50 plus different national backgrounds and they are very aware of the meaning of names. And when my oldest daughter went to school on Yom Kippur, her teachers were absolutely floored. How could someone with such an obviously Hebrew last name not be Jewish? And your brother, Josiah Solomon? Come on. Anyway, it turns out there is something in a name to be certain. And somewhere in my heritage, there was a Jewish man named Job likely taking his name from our spiritual ancestor, that Job who had his own book in the Bible. Now, last season on the podcast, we introduced you to our mission pastor, Leonardo Gonzalez. Leo and his wife, Evie, serve as pastors in our mission base in a town called Oyo, Colorado, which literally translates to Red Hole. It's the same village and the very land where Pastora Yami Cruz, our leader, was born and raised. And under the leadership of Leo and Evie's, our mission is thriving and we're making serious inroads for the gospel. And so today, we bring you uh, Pastor Leonardo's message about my biblical namesake and ancestor. It's entitled Job, a role model. I kind of like the way that sounds. Anyway, it's presented here with contextual editing, uh, assistance from me, and Leo's sermon. We're living in times where people seek to imitate others for their achievements in politics, sports, and social and cultural achievements. And we often turn those people into role models. And as Christians, we, we need to be aware of the limits of using those we see as successful as models for our own development. Because none of us are disciples of anyone other than the best role model on earth and in heaven, who is obviously Jesus. But the scripture also offers us, among many potentially poor choices, a few good men and women who have stronger character traits to which we might aspire. So today I want to talk about a man named Job. Somebody who can be to us a model of perseverance, integrity, faith, righteousness, and trust in the Lord. 
As this story begins in the book of Job, the first verse of the first chapter, it says, In the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. And with that quick introduction, we have the basis for a remarkable biographical sketch, one with operatic proportions. This precious book is, is a gift given to us by the Lord. It is full of many revelations. And its author, though, is not known, nor the date on which it was written. Biblical scholars lean to a date prior to the time of Moses and the Exodus, which would make it the oldest writing in the scripture. The book of Job can be described as a dramatic poem containing an epic tale of a real character. The story goes on in verse 2 to say that Job had seven sons and three daughters, and he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys, and had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. Job was a great patriarch and a leader in his time, and he, his life is a great teaching for today. There are many things in this book and about Job that caught my attention. The first of those is his relationship with God. The creator of the universe talked about Job and said, There is none like him on earth, a perfect and upright man, fearing God and eschewing evil. To have attributes like that, you must live very close to God because only in close proximity to God's presence can we look like the Lord at all. Second and third kind of go together. Job was a man who feared the Lord, and as such, three, he fought for his family every day. Verse four says, his sons used to hold feasts in their homes on their birthdays, and they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And when the period of feasting had run its course, Job would make arrangements for them to be purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. You see, Job made a habit of going before God on behalf of his children, his regular custom, says the word. Many people expect that we only need to fight for our children's well-being when the battle is already upon us, but... Job made it his regular habit to intercede for them even when times were good. And we too must consistently fight these spiritual battles for the great family whom the Lord has granted us. I truly believe that in his times of peace and abundance, Job was strengthened by and took advantage of his close relationship to God. And so we meet a perfect and upright man in God's eyes with great wealth and a huge family and respected by everyone around him. Sounds like he was living his best life then. And then in a moment, he loses it all. It all comes about in this fantastic story about how one day the angels showed up and Satan was tagging along. And when God spoke well of Job, the accuser pointed at him and insisted that if he didn't have it so good, he wouldn't be so loyal to God. He basically said, let me mess with him and we'll see what happens. And so God says in Job 1 verse 12, very well. Everything he has is in your power, but the man himself, do not lay a finger on him. And then Satan starts to wreak havoc. In one day, Job receives notice that raiding armies have destroyed his flocks and looted all of his possessions, and his entire brood of children and their families have been killed. And as if that wasn't enough, then Satan is allowed to strike Job with painful sores from head to toe. We've seen that Job had a close relationship with God, that he properly feared the Lord, and that he fought for the spiritual well-being of his family. And now Satan has been allowed to cause mayhem. His wealth, property, and children, and their children are stolen from him. 
And this leads us to another measure of his strong character. Despite all of this, Job does not lose his faith or trust in the Lord. At the news that his children had died and his wealth had perished, it says that Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head, and then he fell to the ground in worship. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all of this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. We're going to take a moment for a short break now. Stay with us for more on the Ancient Path. At Ancient Path Ministries, our greatest hope is to carry the light of the Kingdom of God into places where it is most needed. We want to see people set free from what holds them captive and offer salvation in Christ to people lost in darkness. We want to live as examples, the oaks of righteousness planted to display God's splendor. Now, our ministry is built on connections in Christ and our financial foundation depends on the regular partnership of beloved friends such as you. If you'd be interested in becoming a covenant financial partner or just contribute to the work of the ministry, I invite you to visit our website, ancientpathministries.org. Check out the church in action and see how you can be a part of bringing good news, connecting in Christ, and building the kingdom. And we are back. When we last left Job, he'd lost everything, but he faithfully declared, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. And then he was stricken with sores that made him physically unrecognizable. Job was left with his wife, who wasn't nearly as patient with the Lord or Job. Curse God and die, was her advice to her husband. In misery, Job laid out his complaint in a nutshell. Chapter 2, verse 26. I have no peace, no quietness, I have no rest, but only turmoil. Job also had three friends who traveled some distance to drop by with their often wrong-headed advice. It was, if I were you, or if it were me in this situation, I would. That was a common phrasing. And Job tells them bluntly that they're no help in the middle of this crisis. And across the great majority of the story, 25 of the 42 chapters, his friends advise and interrogate and accuse him with misplaced ideas and misunderstood theologies. And Job's response to them is twofold. First, he contends for his own innocence in the matter. And from a soul that is writhing in pain emerge words of glory and honor to God. Chapter 9, verse 4. His wisdom is profound, he says of God. His power is vast. Who has resisted him and come out unscathed? He moves mountains without their knowing it and overturns them in his anger. He shakes the earth from its place and makes its pillars tremble. He speaks to the sun and it does not shine. He seals off the light of the stars. He alone stretches out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea. He is the maker of the bear and Orion, the Pleiades, and the constellations of the south. He performs wonders that cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be counted. Now as the discourse in the argument continues, Job confesses his lack of understanding as to the reasons for his plight, but he repeatedly recalls who God is and never forgets the relationship they share. Chapter 19, verse 23, he says, Oh, that my words were recorded, that they were written on a scroll, that they were inscribed with an iron tool on lead or engraved in rock forever. I know that my Redeemer lives, and in the end he will stand on the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes. I 
and not another. How my heart yearns within me. I have to admit, I, I don't know how I would behave in such a difficult situation. But like Job, there are, I can see some clear promises that God has made to us. And there's one in particular that repeats all throughout the scripture. In Genesis 28:15, he says, I am with you. I will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I promised. In Psalm 23, David writes those famous words, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. In Joshua 1 and Hebrews 13, he promises, I will never leave or forsake you. So what has the Lord promised you? He's with you. Remember, the Lord never fails us. In the midst of darkness, battles, situations, or any storm that you might be going through, I encourage you, hold on to the Lord and his promises. If we will do that, then the trials we face can bring us much closer to God. And they will serve to clean all the dross from us as gold is tested in the fire. So we will be tested. And from here, we will learn anew of the Lord and have a better vision of our God. As Job emerged from the fight, he spoke to God and said, chapter 42, verse 5, I have heard of you, but now my eyes see you. Ultimately, the story comes out well. Job was even so upright as to pray God's forgiveness on his foolish friends, and God accepted Job's prayer. Here's the epilogue from chapter 42, starting at the 10th verse. After Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had before. All his brothers and sisters and everyone who had known him before came and ate with him in his house. They comforted and consoled him over all the trouble the Lord had brought on him, and each one gave him a piece of silver and a gold ring. The Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the former part. He had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, and a 1,000 yoke of oxen and a 1,000 donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters. The first daughter he named Jemima, the second Keziah, and the third Karen Hapuk. Nowhere in all the land were there found women as beautiful as Job's daughters, and their father granted them an inheritance along with their brothers. After this, Job lived 140 years. He saw his children and their children to the fourth generation. And so Job died, an old man and full of years. So my friend, if you are in a difficult stage in your life where everything seems impossible, I'm telling you, if you stay in the right way, the way of faith, then the Lord can turn this thing into double blessing for you and your family. You see, Job's security was never in what he had financially. It was based on whom he believed. So I want to encourage you to seek God much more and to lead a life of integrity before the Lord. Honestly, we could use a whole lot more people like Job in this generation Men and women who fear the Lord, who, who are courageous in struggle and full of faith. Job stands as a model that we can emulate so that we might get to know the Father on a much deeper level. And may we understand today that regardless of whatever situation we may face or how great and difficult it might seem, it will never be greater or stronger than the Lord our God. 
So when the enemy seeks to harm you, know that God will turn it to blessing. Simply trust, and you will see the glory of the Lord. The great 19th century Russian novelist and devout Christian Fyodor Dostoevsky wrote in his novel, Crime and Punishment, I quote, the darker the night, the brighter the stars. The deeper the grief, the closer is God, end quote. Days of glory are coming. May the Lord bless and keep you in his supernatural power. Our thanks to God today and to our brother Leonardo Gonzalez for this encouraging message of hope and of faith in the most difficult of times. And so, beloved friends, this brings us to the close of today's episode. So thanks for joining us. Once again, be sure to check out our website, ancientpathministries.org. Like and follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram at Ancient Path Ministries. This is Pastor Kevin Job for Ancient Path Ministries, La Iglesia Volviendo a la Senda Antigua. We look forward to seeing you next time. Que Dios te bendiga mucho. Go be the church.